Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. I'm so excited. This is an exciting one. Yeah. Full disclosure, we're having a glass of wine with this one. Yeah. 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 Because if you haven't read the title, it's a loosey-goosey one. We're doing Stranger Things. Yeah. We're doing it. You're shitting in the street. We're fucking doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. If you are listening to this okay. and you haven't watched Stranger Things... First of all, you're a piece of garbage. Go watch it First right of all, now. What are you doing? What are you doing? Here, here I'm going to say it because there, I know that there are going to be people that are like, well, it's not my style. I'll, I'm going to say something now. Stranger Things actually isn't my style either. Yeah. When I started it, I thought right away I'm going to hate it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. It turned me. So it'll turn you. Ah. I'm just putting it out there. I, I will say that, like, not that it's not necessarily Luke's style, but because I am so obsessed with it, um, and I have been rewatching it and stuff, like, he he's seen it. And even when the new season came out, like, we watched it together yeah. and everything. Um, but then rewatching it and stuff, like, he constantly is making comments about how, like, he's like, wow. Like, the more I watch the show, the more I realize, like, how good it really is. Yeah. Because there's just so much to it. There's and so obviously much. the things we're going to talk about here, but like there's so there's so much to unpatch <laughs> in this show that even the first time watching it, I didn't yeah. even realize. I was only catching the big things and then you go Same. back and rewatch it and you're like, holy crap. So much went in yes. to like the thought, like so much thought went into this show. Into every single character. Yeah. Every moment, like every, every scene, every little piece everything. of piece is in there. Yeah. So if you don't think you're going to like it, we're going to tell you why. We're going to tell you why. Yeah. We're going to tell you why you will like it, is what she meant to say. Not just we're going to tell you why. Because what if they're they're thinking, oh, we're going to tell you why you won't like it. No, we're going to tell you why you will like it. We're going to tell you why you will like it. Exactly. Yes. full clarification. Thank you for finishing your sentence. I know. You're welcome. (laughs) I know you didn't want that to happen. (laughs) I can't control myself. No, what I said didn't make sense. So (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. That's what what I'm here for. We we do that to each other. Amped up. I know. She's way too amped up. Should we just make her go take a nap? (laughs) No, I'm going to go watch Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay, so Haley and I both took notes very differently for this. We both approached our rewatch, I think, with a different, a different, I don't know. Yeah, because we don't usually plan it out, like, with our movie and, like, TV reviews. We kind of just watch and we just, like, see what catches our attention, make notes of what's interesting, like, you know, dialogue, characters, themes, like, whatever, right? And then we just kind of go with that. Yeah. So I just, I want to read just my very first sentence just from sitting down. Oh, we wanted to talk about like (laughs) points where we were like, oh, were you just high (laughs) or was this actually? Because when I started my rewatch for season one, I was like pretty stoned. And then there were certain parts where I looked at Luke and I was like, oh my God. Was that important or am I just Am I reading (laughs) into that too much or did they plan even that detail, you know? Yeah. Because there's a lot of references in Stranger Things. There's a lot that they reference and that they pull into it. And so there were, it got to a point where I was like, am I just, am I just reading really deep into this? Or is that something that they meant to reference? Because there are loads of things like, for example, I remember someone told me something about Jordan Peele after Get Out came out. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, and get out, like, towards the end when the girl is sitting in the bed and she's eating the Fruit Loops, but she's drinking the but milk yes, separately. Yes, separately, yes. And people were like, oh, because, like, that's... you can't mix white and, like, colors, Color. right? Yeah. And and then and they're like, oh, that's so smart. And then Jordan Peele, like, in an interview, someone asked him about that and he was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, I just made her do that because, like, I thought it was weird. He was like, I didn't realize that, like, now that you've said it. Yeah, yeah, like, now that people have read into it that way, like, yeah, that yeah, totally makes sense. <laughs> but I didn't plan that, you know? So yeah. I feel like sometimes with something so heavily embedded yeah. with references and 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 details like this, yes. it's so easy to be like, oh, they planned that. Oh, that. Yeah. And we give them credit for it when, like, they're like, oh, actually, well, we didn't. Yeah. And, like, some of the things they have and some of them and they haven't. So I think it's, it's going to be fun to discuss yeah. which ones we think were on purpose. Yeah. 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 My my very first note, this is okay, here here's what you're gonna notice over these these review episodes. Cause I think we talked about this in person last time and you were shocked to find out who my favorite character was. Because you thought it was somebody different. Mm-hmm. Who did you think it was again? Did you think it was Mike? I thought it was Mike. Okay. While well, I love Mike. I know you do. Yeah. He's actually not my favorite character. Yeah, fair enough. Dustin is my favorite character. Which totally makes sense. He is my favorite character. So naturally, my very first sentence is obviously just like, fucking Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> so it's... I love him. I know. I even said it earlier, I was like, son of a bitch. And I was like, oh, bitch. every time I say son of a bitch son now, bitch. I think of Dustin. He is, he's the funniest. He is the most complicated character. No one gives him credit. <laughs> I know. He's just the yeah. fucking best. No, he is. He is the best. Oh my God. So my first line of note that I just wanted to talk about right off the bat, because it is just like the best, is that Dustin, in the very first episode... Brings Nancy the last pizza, the last slice of pizza, mm-hmm. and she just kind of like shoes him off. I started tearing up Aww. because I was just like, "That is the fucking cutest thing I've ever seen in my I entire know. life." And she literally was just like, "Go away!" and like shoot him off because she was like on the phone or something. And he was like, <laughs> "Was like all like upset because he just did the nicest thing ever." And that's funny because one of the first notes that I made was Nancy is so annoying in season one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy sucks. No, like, actually, I like I, I like the character her. of Nancy a yeah. lot. But in season, there's so many character arcs in yes. this in this show already. Like, there's only four seasons, yeah. but like even from season one to two, someone like Nancy changes and grows a lot. A lot. Or That's even my from first the, note for the end of the season, episode. right? Because the yeah. end of the season, even season one, like she's fucking badass. Yeah. Like you know, so exactly. It's just one of those things where, like, at the beginning, she's supposed. You're not supposed, you're not supposed to, to relate to, like, to her. You're not you're supposed, not to, supposed like to like her. Like, her. you're supposed to be a little annoyed with her. She's supposed to make the irrational teenage girl decisions. Yeah. yeah. But on the same level, I said you're not supposed to relate to her. Of course, I relate to her because, like, me and you have been teenage girls. And what? Yeah. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> I was about to say everyone's been a teenage girl. Every- <laughs> you know what? Yes, everyone has been a teenage every- girl at some point in their life. Everyone's been a teenager, and like <laughs> she's, they do a good job of of like Nancy being in the I'm. Uh, I'm dating the popular guy at yeah. school and I'm not popular. So like this is yeah. changing the way I see myself. This is the way I'm changing. Like it, it's changing the way I, yeah. I, I view my life. I'm rebranding like, myself. Yeah. It's yeah. changing her priorities, good or bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I relate, I understand yeah. because again, we've all, we've all been there. We've all had a first boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. We've all been in love. Like, and we've also all dated the person that's just like, at the time, a little bit out of our league, or at least other people think they're out of our league. 
Or you even just feel like they're out of your league, And that's what right? I mean. Like, you, you go through that moment where you're like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Are they doing this? Like, who paid them to do this for me? Like, And that's yeah. why I think the dynamic between yeah. Nancy and Steve is interesting because in popularity level, he's above her. But yeah. in, like, intelligence and grades and academia, oh, yeah. like, she's younger than him and she's smarter than him. Like, you 100%. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. she even talks about studying for a test and he's like, I'll help you. And she's like, you failed his class. Like, yeah. And he's like, like you can't help <laughs> like yeah and so it's it there there does end up being balanced yeah. there and it's and so yeah that's yeah. interesting and it's funny too because like the way she kind of views their relationship i guess we're just covering nancy first like, i know i was gonna say happening. i was like let's just jump into nancy let's just do it <laughs> let's fucking do it but it's kind of it's funny because it's one of those couples where like she looks at him like he's out of my league mm-hmm. and he looks at her like she's out of my league mm-hmm which is like it's it's equal then. Yeah. If you're both out of each other's leagues, you're equal. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean that's something that like I have heard people say before in a, not in like a you should get down on yourself kind of thing, but yeah. some people say like oh, sometimes when it works it's because like both people don't think they deserve the other. Yeah. And again, not in a way that you're like self-deprecating, but just in a way where you're just like, "Oh, that person is like so amazing." Yeah. Right? And um I think something that I noticed when I was watching the beginning of season one, just relating to Nancy, if we're going to dive into her, is, again, this whole trope of she goes to Steve's house, she asks Barb to come with her, right? And yeah. um, Barb is... I relate to Barb, too. Because oh, yeah. I've been that girl as well. Yeah. And I think Barb is uncomfortable. She's also sort of, like, looking at her friend being like, what are you doing, you know? But, again... Yeah. I'm also relating to Nancy because I'm like, I know exactly what she's doing, right? Yeah. She feels desired. She feels wanted. This boy is cute. That. She wants to... Also, she's a teenager. Like, eventually you're going to want to have sex. Yeah. Like, you the know... urges are out of control, man. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. in that moment when Barb is leaving Steve's house and Nancy's like, I'm just going to stay here. Um, and Barb's like, what are you... Like, what are you, what are you doing? Do? I, like, that felt so real to me. It felt so authentic. Yeah. And I, it's very rare for me to watch a scene and relate equally to both characters. Yeah. Um, but I did. And then I, this is one of the moments where I turned to Luke and I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, bro. <laughs> because obviously Stranger Things plays on a lot of, like, classic horror tropes. Yeah. Um, embedded in, like, sci-fi and everything, yeah. right, too. And... I said to Luke, I was like, it's so interesting that in horror movies, especially around this time, like in the 80s, if you had sex, you died. Yeah. Right? Um, and that was the whole thing, right? Is yeah. that if you're promiscuous or you have loose morals or whatever, then you, you, <laughs> you dirty you're punished because <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll be killed yeah. first. And it's so interesting yeah. that Nancy goes upstairs and has sex and Barb doesn't and she dies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's so like no, you Nancy... weren't you weren't too high. That no, that no, was... no. Yeah, that one. I think I was like <laughs> that one seemed deliberate as far as like tw- taking that trope and flipping it on its head, where mm-hmm. it's like she actually Nancy actually lives because she goes and has sex. Yeah, which is just saying so guys, like you want to you want to yeah, live you want to live <laughs> get to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> which I just that's I've watched that season probably four times, and that was like the first time it really clicked for me. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even think it really just clicked for me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, at all. Oh, she no. needs more wine already. We're, like, three seconds no. in. All right. Luke, get down here. <laughs> Pause. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was something I really, really enjoyed from season one. Because, yeah. again, of course, like, I love horror movies. I love horror movie tropes. Even the first episode, like, I kind of forget how, like, horror 
classic horror it almost is. It like feels, when, yeah. When Luke is, or not Luke. I just said <laughs> Luke eight times, yeah. that's why. When uh, Will, when Will is like getting chased and he's yes. like locks himself in the shed and everything. Like it does feel very horror-y. It's scary. And that's the thing is yeah. I know a lot of people that won't watch Stranger Things because it's too scary for them. Oh no. Which I think the first episode makes the show seem scarier than it is. You know like, what? And that's fair because it is the first episode scary. I think it is. Oh, for yeah. sure. When I was watching like the beginning. There, there is nothing scarier than watching scenes, a I was kid like, run for his life and literally like poop himself. Like yeah. it's just scary. And it's, and again, it's very like, yeah. you don't know because they're not showing you what it is yet. Right. So it's like a shadow. Yeah. What is this? Like we are, it's yeah. mysterious. And we I don't know what it is. we've talked about it before where it's scarier when you don't see the thing. Absolutely. We've ta- I, I can't have, yeah. I don't know if we've talked about that on the episode, like on the we podcast. We definitely have, just... I think in one of our horror movie reviews for yes. sure. Because yes. I'm a very big, that's that's something that scares me. Yeah. Something in that I don't know what it is and I can't see it. Or you can only see parts of it. I yeah. think that's really scary. Yeah. And and it's funny because Luke is terrified of horror movies. Yeah. So I turned to him at one point when I was watching it. I was like, I was like, you like Stranger Things though. Does it, does it not scare you? And he was like, mm, not really. And then I had this conversation with um a friend you know who you are if you're listening oh i want to know who it is (laughs) (laughs) and um and she was saying that she finds we were talking about it and stranger things and she was like i find stranger things way scarier than it interesting and i was like well luke watched it and he almost shit his pants yeah and like he's still in the hospital covering like we haven't (laughs) seen him since (laughs) um and he like just i am having visions of him watching it chapter two and i'm like we can turn it off we don't have to finish it he's like i'm invested in the story now like Um, the visions i have having not seen it is probably actually very equivalent to what it really is (laughs) yeah no it's very true and and so for him stranger things is hardly scary at all because it's like it's like a it's like a creature feature it's like a monster thing and 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 where she was like well a faceless monster is totally more scary to me than like a goofy clown and i was like yeah fair enough i don't know if i'd call pennywise a goofy clown yeah no i know she well she said she thinks he's funny and i'm like well sure yeah at at times and then at times or is she talking about about the tim curry no she hasn't she hasn't seen the tim curry one all right and that's what i said i was like if you think he's funny then it's, you'll think Tim Curry's then you'll think hilarious. Tim Curry's hilarious. But yeah. it's it's just interesting to me because different things scare different people. It's true. Like everyone has different things that scare them, yeah. and that's so interesting to me. Okay, I had I just did like a search and find for Nancy since we're talking about her, and mine are all laid out. Pardon me, these are the wine burps happening already. Um, they're all like laid out by episode. But um, my other note was from in episode one, Mike pours syrup on his eggs like it's the most normal thing yeah and nancy calls him disgusting yeah. and i'm very curious do other people do that is that a thing because i also was like that's kind of gross isn't it i've never seen anyone put syrup on their eggs i've seen people put it on like meat and stuff like sausages and bacon and stuff like oh, that oh yeah oh i'll that's, dip that's bacon a totally and normal thing yeah. but like i've never but seen anyone put it on eggs their eggs. and yeah. then i remember watching it and then she's like that's gross and then he puts some on her eggs and i was yeah. like yo i would like oh i do that too no, but I, if I was Nancy, I'd punch him in the fucking face. Oh, okay. here, here's me like, yeah, I'm going to fucking... Put I was like, the nerve of this kid. I'm going to ruin your breakfast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let me just ruin your entire day. Not just your breakfast. Your whole day's going to be fucked up I think now. maybe it's just because I'm like so passionate about food. I'm like, if you ruin my eggs, That's I true. will be so upset with you. I, so guys, never ruin Haley's eggs. Just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Don't even think about it. Ugh. Okay, what are, what are we moving on to? Are we, are we still going to... Is there more about Nancy do you have? What do you have? Um, the only other thing that I was thinking about 
as far as Nancy, like, her character trope is, and they play, they play on this later in, like, other seasons, but I, they very much kind of, like, she's very much, like, a Nancy Drew character, Mm -hmm. but her name is Nancy, so I don't know if they did that on purpose. Yeah. Or if that's just a coincidence or whatever, and then they, they realize later on, like, oh, yeah, but, like, she very much is, like, Nancy Drew, the yeah. detective, the yeah. like you know, like investigating stuff, like, oh, yeah. journalists, like all this she stuff. She really right? does develop into that for sure. Yeah, and I think that's why we love her so much because she's like that's her that's like just... greatest value as a character, right? Is yeah. that she's so intelligent and intuitive and um and again just like determined. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I made that note as far as like she's, she's Nancy Drew. She's just Nancy. Like Drew. she really is. Yeah. <laughs> um. My only thing was, like, with the, with episode one, Will, like, does the biggest possible foreshadowing that could ever happen when they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. He literally mm-hmm. says that he got, like, the seven and he says, the Demogorgon got me. And then yeah. they ju- there's just, like, silence after. Yeah. Yeah, And yeah. I just was like, ah, oh, does, he- little does he know he's about to leave and it's gonna yeah. fucking get him. <laughs> like. Yeah, because when he leaves, yeah. he says it to Mike and he's like, the- it got me, the Demogorgon. Yeah, it got yeah. me. And it and rewatching it, knowing what happens, those moments are not only like foreshadowing, of course, but it's so I don't know, it feels so impactful almost. Yeah. Where it's just like just the way that he says it. Like it, he's yeah. just sort of like, it got me. It got me. I like almost cried because I was yeah. like, no boy, it's about to get you. <laughs> and they like, and they bring that up they bring that back around at the end of the season. Yeah. When they come into his hospital room and then he's like, the, it got me. It got me. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, well, we got you back though. Yeah. Um, we saved you. <laughs> we did the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something I wanted to point out as far as, okay, remember we were talking about it and we were talking about the Allura yeah. Gorge, like the quarry. Yeah. Um, and, and I was saying about how they jump off of that cliff and I'm like, man, I've been there. Like, that's really, really high. Yeah. I, I don't know if they actually okay. made that jump or anything like that. Are you like talking that? about the area... Where they find the body that we were about to talk about? No. Well, actually, maybe this could relate, I guess. But, like, uh, there's a... Okay, so there's an area in Stranger Things that looks very much like that quarry. Because they have a quarry, right? Like, um, I can't remember what they call it. There's someone that owns the land and they call it that Mm -hmm. anyways. Um, And there's a point where Hopper is, like, standing on a cliff with someone around that area. And and it's, like, the water's all below them. And it's really high up. Mm -hmm. And... Why can't I remember? It was, I think it's one of the other police officers and he makes a joke about someone jumping off of it or something. And Hopper goes, yeah, but if you jump into that water from this height, like it turns into cement, like it would hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Basically, like he's saying like you wouldn't make you wouldn't it. Survive. Yeah. And I was watching it being like, that looks like about the same height as exactly. that place in straight exactly. in, in it. And those little kids are jumping off. <laughs> like and, idiots. Like, and they're like, like, a like bunch oh, they're fine. Fools. And I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like it like kind of confirmed that for me where I'm like, there's no way that people... No, jump you're off right. of that in a Laura. Honestly, Haley, you're right. Nobody jumps off of that. You're right. Hopper said it. I, <laughs> I'd like to meet the person who's in a full body cast <laughs> that has jumped <laughs> off of it, like, yeah. because you—that's the only way you walk away from that story—is in a full body cast. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't happen. I don't believe that anybody's jumped off of that. I'm gonna fucking Google it because, like, clearly I tried to find clearly it. Clearly, seven we episodes later, we're still talking about the quarry. And I know. It's like, I know. It's like, yeah. yeah. But and also, I mean, that also comes back around in the season when, um, that like boy, I can't remember the bully's name when he's trying to force Mike to jump off. 
Yeah. And um, otherwise he's going to, like, hurt yeah. Dustin. Yeah. And, and then L comes in. But he jumps. And then L comes and saves him. Why but- does he jump? I, I know. I, I, I Trust me, I know. But I think it's one of those things that it, it it's showing you what children that age just don't know. Where it's like, you could be jumping at that and be like, well, yeah. it's really scary and it's really far down, but like, I'll just jump in and then swim out. Whereas Hopper <laughs> I'll said- I'll just jump in and fucking die, break my neck and- Right? And you just yeah. wouldn't understand the physics of it that it's like, you will die doing that, yeah. right? Whereas like Hopper had said it previously where he's like, you jump off of here, like- that's like cement. Like you'll you'll yeah. break every bone in your body, right? <laughs> You're gonna, yeah. So that's why I think it it brings it makes that scene so much more serious because you know if Mike jumps off, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. Um, but then of course Elle comes and saves her, and then Dustin has such a shining moment in that scene. And then he, he, she's our friend, and she's crazy. <laughs> you come back here, she'll kill you, and she's crazy. <laughs> Dustin's the best. And then when him. you said bullies, my like. I don't know, High Lady part was on. Totally forgot about the bullies in this season. <laughs> that was a note I literally wrote down. I kind of like, forgot I it about it, too. Like, I it a serious too. thing. Like, I yeah. literally was just like, whoa. <laughs> because doesn't it feel like there's a lot of parallels to it? Yeah. Like, a lot. Like, a lot. Like, a lot. Especially in... Oh, what season? Oh, my God. I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh. <clears throat> season four. I don't know why I'm, like, having, mm. like, a moment but season four we'll get there mm-hmm. but i think that's where the strongest parallel is t- with um eddie and the guy that bauer in it oh yes. henry bowers yes that's henry it. bowers yeah yeah for where sure they, for where sure. they get cast as like the weird kid in school that mm-hmm. has a bad home life and they must be a murderer mm-hmm. but we'll get there and even in this season i yeah. made notes about how like the Duffer brothers have talked about how, like, obviously this is very heavily influenced by Stephen King. Like, mm-hmm. he's an inspiration for oh, it, of course. It's right? obvious, yeah. That's, that's why I love Stranger Things so much. When I started watching it, I was like, it feels like yeah. a Stephen King TV show mixed with, like, a coming of age, which is my favorite genre It ever. really is yours. <laughs> and, like, sci-fi, MK Ultra horror, like, everything that I like. It's, it's like, my perfect show. But um, there are very, very strong references from Stand By Me in this. Yeah. Which is Stephen King. Yes. Um, and actually there was... Where did I wrote it down? Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. So chapter four, like episode four of of season one is called The Body. Which right. for... It yeah, is. that clicked for me You're too. Right. I never Holy noticed shit. that. And, and you so, know what? I even clocked it when it popped up on the TV, but yeah. I didn't like make that... Because that's, that is, for anyone listening, that's yeah, the original title of Stand By Me in the actual, like, book version. Yeah, the novella is called The Body, and then yeah. they adapted it into a movie, and they just changed the name to Stand By Me, I'm assuming, because the body is a bit morbid. But it's about, yeah. for any of you who haven't seen it, it's about four boys who are friends, and they hear that uh, another boy their age has gone missing, and they overhear someone talking about, like, having found, having discovered the body. So they all go on, like, a, like a trip yeah. together to go and see it because they're like 11 years old and they're like well it might be cool to see a and dead body and i think body. there was also and like a reward too if you found yeah there was him. a reward and everything and they wanted to, they really wanted to be on the news too <laughs> yes that was yeah. like a huge part of it with the whole comb thing maybe and let's it, review that one time because oh, i'm in my favorite it's my favorite movie it, i think that's partly why i love stranger things i think things that's so also what you and i first ever bonded over as friends yeah do you remember that how much we love stand by me and also <laughs> i was gonna say as far as she just got so excited. Sorry, <laughs> sorry sorry so <laughs> chapter four is called the body which yeah. is like obviously 
crazy. I'm there's, sweating. There's shots. <laughs> I know, me too. There's shots of them walking on train tracks, which is also, they have admitted yeah. that's a direct reference to Stand By Me because there's they walk all along the train tracks in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Also, Charlie Heaton looks so much like River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And this is what, when he you really said does, that. Because yeah. I remember when we were in philosophy class and we were chatting about it because I think I had just watched it like recently with yeah. my dad. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is like the best movie ever. And you were like, yeah, I love that movie. And I was like, okay, I feel weird about saying this. We bonded over the fact that we thought River Phoenix was hot. Yeah. But he's supposed to play like an 11 or 12 year old in the movie. Yeah. So I was like, Becky, is that weird? Like we're 17, yeah. like whatever. Well, it's and because then I we grew found, up watching him. I know, but then I found out because uh, I Googled yeah. that, he was, <laughs> that he was 16 in the movie. Okay. Like when he played. He was our age. Um, Chambers. I can't remember his first name in the movie. But anyways, when he played him in the movie. I can't remember it now either. Chris Chambers? Yeah. No. Or is that his brother? I can't remember. <gasps> okay. Go on. Yeah, just go on. Um, I'll, I'll get it. When he was in Stand By Me, he was 16 years old. But he was playing we like a 12 like, or 13 handsome. year old. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't feel weird anymore. Because yeah. I was 17 and I was like, do I think this 12 year old is hot? But Chris like, Chambers. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's I, it's also too because like I think the first time I ever saw it, I was like a little girl. Like, yeah, young, and that's young, fair. Because it's so, like, and an I 80s grew up at, like admiring him, being yeah. like, oh my God, he's the most handsome ever. And I think the reason that I, it took me a really long time to see the parallels between Charlie Heaton, sorry, who plays Jonathan. Yes. Like Will's yes. older brother, and River Phoenix, because I don't I don't find Charlie Heaton attractive. Fair. And I find River Phoenix so attractive. They're, they're, that I think they have that, similar facial features, but they're not, yeah. like, identical. Like, no, they're not. But, yeah. like, it's, like, the squinty eyes and, like, the hair kind of hanging in your face yeah. and, like, the sallow cheeks and, like, yeah. what, you know what I'm saying? And it clicked for me when I was watching it. I was like, oh, my God. And, again, it's yeah. one of those things where I don't know if they did that on purpose. I don't, I don't think, think so. they I think did. Just, like I luck. think he might have come in, killed the audition, and then they also would have been, like, as a yeah. bonus, he looks a lot like River Phoenix. Yeah. I think, I think what they nailed more so was having Mike look, in my opinion, similar to um, Gordy. With the, like, same haircut. Yes. The, like, nerdy, lanky body. Yeah. The, like, yeah. I don't know. And the, like, doe-eyed kind of look. The, like, doe-eyed, like, baby face look where it's just, like, that's an innocent youth. Like, I think mm-hmm. having him look more like Mike was, like, maybe not a complete parallel. But, yeah. Like, and also even, like, it, or is, oh, I can't remember. Is Gordy the main character yes. in Stand By Me? Yeah. Will also looks a bit like him, too. Fair. I feel like if you slicked Will's hair back... Yeah. He would look a little bit like, yeah. um, because what's his name? I know the actor's name. Will um, Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Because yeah, he's in the, the yeah. Oh, Will Wheaton. Yeah, he's me awesome. too. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, yeah I think there's, uh, it, I think it was very deliberate considering this show is about, it starts out to be about four young boys yeah. um, who find themselves in a situation like a bit over their head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Stand By Me themes are like very strong. Yeah. And again, it's like my favorite movie. Yeah. So I'm here for it. But, Along yeah. with, again, all the, like, other Stephen King tie-ins that are completely not related to Stand yeah. By Me. Just, and then, like, just... later on in seasons, we'll talk about, like, I don't know. I find later in the other seasons, they start relating to, like, outside of Stephen King and to just other horror in general. Yes. Oh, very much so. Especially, Especially season two. Season... Oh, I was going to say season four. Oh, okay. Season two as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And <laughs> I also wanted to say that Hawkins... Indiana feels very much inspired by Dairy Maine. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just obviously couldn't be like, "It's gonna be Dairy Maine, guys." Yeah, <laughs> like because they feel that, like they wanted to. It's they that had to. small town, 
yeah. domestic quiet life that's kind of like a yes. bit cut off from the rest of the world where these crazy out of this world things yes. are happening and so people are like not really paying attention to it exactly. like that's very much a dairy main sort of theme yeah. where like for some reason a bunch of like 10 year old kids are like better detectives than like everybody <laughs> some like, of the shit they do i'm like right it's like oh first God. of all like i'd be like where's your fucking kid <laughs> like your kid's just out solving crimes and doing all these scary ass things yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't I'd also be like probably crumpled up in a ball on the floor if I had to confront some yeah. of the things these kids did. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I want to talk about since we had just finished talking about the bullies was I really truly love that they wrote Dustin's cranial dysplasia into the show and they keep talking about it in every season. Like they mention it mm-hmm. here and there throughout. Yeah. And they'll talk about like different things that come along with having that. Yeah. And it's just like. I fucking love that. Yeah, I know. I love that they just, like, were like, okay, this is going to be in here, and we're going to highlight this. Yeah. Because, like, how do you say his name? It's Is it Gatton or Gaten? I think it's Gaten. Gaten? Okay, because yeah. it's one of those names I never know how to pronounce. But yeah. I, it's it's given him, an all, like, an extra platform to, like, bring awareness. And I just of love course. when that happens. So. And it's and it, it provides – it's something that, obviously, a casting director saw, and he came in, and they were like, this – is going to make the character that much more relatable because everybody's got something, right? Yeah. And, like, this is his thing. And, and it thing. makes him more unique. And he fucking owns it, too. And he's like, this is what it is, you fucking yeah. piece of shit. Like, he's <laughs> just, like, so in your face about it. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Just, like, any kid growing up with anything that makes them 2% different than everybody else. Exactly. Like, you watch that and you're just like, I'm normal. Yeah. Like, I'm the normal one. Like, you're the fucking abnormal one for being a bully, you butthead. Like, yeah. So I just love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, something yeah. else I wanted to, like, or that I noticed as far as, like, I think the whole Joyce storyline, like, Joyce looking for her missing son, which, like, again, we know is very, there's a very fantastical science fiction reason for why he's gone. But to the outside world, it's like, your son's missing, right? He's just missing. And so I think it's yeah. very much playing on, like, the hysteria in the 70s and 80s, 80s around missing children. Yeah. And that I was reading something that was talking about how, like, it was so publicized, which is good, but at the same time, it created the illusion that it was happening more than it actually was. Yeah. That the That the... Especially for stranger abductions, the percentage of stranger abductions are really, really statistically rare. Yeah. Usually if a child is abducted, it's someone someone that knows them. Yeah. That's Um, at least the percentage. But, like, kids being abducted and, like, murdered and stuff is very statistically rare, even today. But there was a lot of hysteria that came around. And we, like, even in, like, the 60s and, what like, milk carton kids and stuff like that, right? Yeah, of course. So I feel like they're really, really playing on that time period because it is taking place in the 80s and I feel like with Joyce's character I love the way they're like turning her hysteria on its head in the sense of like to other people she seems like the hysterical woman oh yeah that is like crazy because she can't control her emotions and like she's literally seen seen as crazy because she's worried about her son well of course which she is. is yeah that's insane ridiculous how dare you worry about itself. your kid <laughs> how dare you right <laughs> right whereas um, like any mother no matter like what their i don't know status is like yeah would act that way and i absolutely and like yeah. i think they really lay that out for you like how 
reliable of a person she is outside of this scenario when she goes to work and she's asking for time off because Will's missing and he's kind of like not giving her a hard time about it but he's like reluctant and she's like look like I worked here for 10 years um I've worked over holidays I've never called in sick like I need this. Like this I'm, I, I deserve need. this, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I'm not this person all the time. And I think yeah. that's their way of telling you that because we only come in to see Joyce, like yes, kind of frantic, right? Exactly. And so it's we like we only see her at her worst. Yeah, and she demands the phone that she wants to buy and two weeks advance and a pack of cigarettes yeah. and like that's just, <laughs> like, and a pack, and pack, of, pack of, of camels. Yeah. Um, but and like I will say at points yeah. in the show, like. She does definitely seem batshit crazy. Like absolutely, like you would, you would, you would assume that the second you see the light bulbs, you're like, I was I'm just, fucking out. I have a note where like Jonathan comes in and she's sitting with all the lamps and light bulbs around her. And he's her. like, "Mom," and she's like, "I know, I know." Like the way she says it is, yeah. like, "I know." Like she rolls her yes. eyes at him, like, "But just listen." Yes. And it's so genuine because again, she's not crazy. Yeah. So she knows how she's being perceived to other people, of but course. she's just trying to get someone to listen to her. And I think that they're playing off of when she's like, but I can feel Will. I can feel that he's still here. Yeah. How many times have you watched a parent on TV or Say that. covered a case where Every their time. child was missing and they're like, but I feel like they're still alive. Every single but time. But I feel like they're still out there. There hasn't been a single case that we've talked about where there's a child missing that a parent didn't say that. Yeah. Because like, you feel connected to yeah. your child. And in this case, they're very much validating that because Will is communicating with yes. her. He is still he is alive. Literally, there's a reason why she feels him. Yeah. Um. To to your point of like showing what she's usually like to versus like her being in this like hysteria, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a like a point where just this is like a note from episode one was that I'm like I'm genuinely mind blown by how they were able to develop every single character's like overall development just in that first episode without making you like lose interest. Because mm-hmm. at the very beginning of episode one, you're just, you meet these characters. That's it. But then by the end of the episode, you understand all of their motives and how they operate. Yeah. And you, like, immediately grow to love them. Yeah. Like, so, like, you said, like, jo- Joyce, you get to see, this is how I usually am. This is how I normally am. This is what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And that happens with, like, all the characters. Like, even Hopper. Like, yeah. his first, one of his first moments is when he's all, like hungover and fucking disheveled where he says my quote that I wrote down mornings are for coffee and contemplation and then just like shuffles off into his office and you get this feeling like he's just like an aloof cough cop that's just gonna do nothing yeah but then by the end of the episode you're like oh he cares Mm -hmm. he cares yeah but they didn't show you that right away yeah they just like got you hooked and be like there's more here like just wait yeah yeah again everyone has a character arc and Uh, I think Hopper's is really good. And I did make notes as well about, because when Hopper gets into it, when he starts really believing Joyce and he's he's like, okay, something weird is going on here. Like he, I think he somewhat represents that like dirty cop that's not dirty or like is doing sort of shady things, but for the right reasons. Like, I mean, there's times where he takes people and he just like beats the shit out of them because he's like, tell me what you know. Like, Hopper, I say it endlessly. He is the most badass motherfucker I've ever seen in my entire life. He is. But I think they, (laughs) because we love Hopper, I think that they're sly about the way that they work in things. Like there's been a couple of times where he's said things like, well, like I'm a cop. So like nothing's going to happen to me. You know, like, and I think they're really playing on that whole power dynamic between, like, police and and cover-ups and 
control and sort of like again like the police have all the power and like even if they do something they're not supposed to do we're gonna cover for them and like you know what i'm saying and so i think because we like hopper as a character we don't really care because again we know he's doing it for the right reasons and he can beat the shit out of somebody that's the difference right we're like yeah beat the shit out of that guy but it's like watching it though i'm like but technically like i mean this isn't the way you go about it. No, you really don't do that. But <laughs> but at the same time, he gets results. But he gets it done. He fucking gets he results, gets guys. I also wrote to like, I, I wrote it knowing because I had just finished season four, like a few weeks prior to getting back into my rewatch from mm. the beginning. So like one of my very first notes was about how Hopper has the most insane glow up to ever happen, both like personally, physically, mentally, like everything. He just from season one goes from being like kind of like a bumbling Mm -hmm. idiot who's also badass to just being a badass all the fucking time like Mm -hmm. he just like gets so fucking awesome as he goes like do you mean all the way to season four yeah so you mean oh yeah yeah. but you know why his appearance changes so much though right yes okay yeah yeah is it because of the one movie he did yeah because he was was hellboy hellboy that's i was gonna say hellraiser and i was like i know it's not hellraiser hellboy that's it because luke was making a comment about that because i was watching season three yesterday and he yeah, he was sort of like when he was like when was he in Hellboy? Because it kind of looks like he in season three, like from season one to season three, he's gained weight, but not like muscle. Like he's he's just a little bit bigger. And then in season four, he's like so slim mm-hmm. because. And I think that obviously worked with the storyline, and we'll discuss yeah. that later. But yeah. um, I was like, no, I think it was between season three and season four. Okay, it, it I, must I, have I always been, thought it was I think, season two and three, but I, I yeah, it could have been, and right. I could be wrong about that because he wasn't in season three a lot, was he? Um, he's he's in it, like he's still oh, in yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm getting like my yeah. notes shuffled around, but I think that's probably. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's, a, it must be, unless he, like, if it was between season two and four, he would have had to have, like, got super ripped and then just, like, gained a bunch of weight back yeah. and then lost a bunch of weight for season four. So it, it made more sense to me that it was between season three yeah. and four because I think there was quite a long time, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. But, yeah, he got, like, ripped for Hellboy. <laughs> he got fucking ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can take that one out. I also like just I just love David Harbour. I do too. I uh, he's just the fucking best. He's so good. He's just the best. Yeah. Love him. So love him. Okay, let's talk about yeah, what do you want to talk about? I've got a few things I could talk I about. I know, now. I have so many things. Let's talk about Steve. Okay. You know what's funny? I actually don't really have that many notes on Steve. So yeah, let's talk about we Steve. We can also talk about Steve in comparison to Jonathan. There's a dynamic there. Yeah. Especially, well, especially season one. 100% for season sure. one, yeah. So, okay, because obviously I've watched it through many times, I really, like, I love the character of Steve Harrington. Yes. I think he's fantastic. I think he's hilarious. He's charming. It's, yeah, he's a he's little bit goofy. Yeah, he's so entertaining. But then when you go back and watch season one, like, he's kind of presented as, like, a bit of a villain in a way like not yeah. a villain villain like not an evil villain but like it's, it's almost like they want you to the not an- like him he's the antagonist yeah. right and and so when i'm watching it i'm remembering like okay yeah i like steve because because of his his arc right and that yeah. he get, of course gets better but at the same time when you watch it when i when i was watching it through i feel like they did a very careful thing where they don't make steve come across as like 
evil. Like, they don't make him come across as, like, a bad person. Yeah. He can definitely be a bit of a douche, for sure. Oh, yeah. And he's a dick to Jonathan. But, like, the first part, like, you see Steve and Nancy, and, like, they're just kind of, like, together. And, like, it's sweet. And it's kind of cute, whatever. And then the first time you really see him being, like, a huge dick is when they find out that Jonathan took photographs of Nancy in her bra... Yeah. From the bushes behind Steve's house. Yeah. And some girl saw it in the dark room. And, like, and then Steve, again, he doesn't handle it properly because they're fucking teenagers and he breaks Jonathan's camera. But, like, I would be fucking pissed, too. Oh, I think I, maybe that's the note I did take. But, like, he wasn't really acting in the wrong. Like, no, and that's the thing is I think when I first, when I was watching it yeah. through, it was so obvious to me that I was supposed to side with Jonathan and that Steve was supposed to be this sort of like douchey guy that Nancy dates. Yeah. And then she realizes that she loves Jonathan. Like that's very obvious from the beginning. Yeah. But now that I'm watching it through again, I'm realizing that like I'm not, I'm not actually supposed to take sides here. It's just how are people reacting to the situations that they're put into. Yeah. And Steve is being a protective boyfriend. Yeah, I can come across as a bit, aggressive like again he smashes Jonathan's camera and even his friend points out later he's like oh off you went all psycho like you know like he he reacts in an emotional way but they do a good job of showing you exactly where that emotion's coming from yeah so that you don't later deter people from liking the character that you want them to grow into liking yes you know if anything like Jonathan literally beating the living fucking shit out of Steve (laughs) like I I remember watching that and I was just like whoa I forgot like he he could have died. Yeah, he, he, yeah. <laughs> but then you still, you still go on to love Jonathan. No, I, I you like. You really do. I like, like Jonathan. Yeah. I, I do like him a lot. I think as like a, to be honest, as like a dude, <laughs> if you're, if you're going not just season one, but like the whole character, Steve Harrington is like the funny guy and like whatever. And like, yeah. I, that's very much more my type. But <laughs> like, I just, yeah. for Jonathan, I've never been into the whole like brooding loner yes. stereotype. But I think what's really attractive about Jonathan is that he's like such a good big brother to Will. And that's the thing. It's so endearing. It, their relationship. Just, yeah. It's so, so sweet. And the way, again, of course, he's, like, so good to his mother and, like, to just their family. He's just, like, a good person. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's very easy, I think, in season one to like Jonathan. Um, Yeah. But I think that their their dynamic is so interesting because, again, they're kind of antagonizing each other without trying to. But I think it's just something I noticed because it would be unrealistic and I think it would be poor writing to write a character like Steve where in season one, he's a complete asshole. He's a dick. There's no redeeming qualities there. He's evil. And then season two and three and four, we're like, oh, we like him though now. Yeah. Like, you're like hard, it's a hard comeback. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's just that's just good writing for me. That's yes. good characters it, for me. It was well done. Where you feel like you just know where they're coming yeah. from. And again, like even later in the season, he gets upset because Nancy's been avoiding him and he finds out she's been running around with Jonathan. Like if you're in high school. That's going to piss you off. You're, that's going to piss you off. Now, should his friend have spray painted slut Nancy the slut wheeler yeah. on the movie no. theater sign? No, no, of course not. But again, high that's school high school kids and immature, that. right? And exactly. so. It, it, I just feel like, yeah, they do a good job of showing you, like, motives for everything so that you don't hate Steve Harrington yeah. by the end of it. Or you don't hate anyone. And he's still, just like... and he's, anyways, so redeemed at the end of the season. Because, again, he gets, like, goofy to a point where, like, he comes in and Nancy and Jonathan are like, just get out of here. You have no idea what's coming. Yeah. And he's like, what? and then, like, the Demogorgon comes out. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And yeah. they're like, shut up. Like, he's almost, like, laughable. Yes. And then he picks up that bat. Yeah. 
Oh my and god, there's a shot. I yeah. rewound it. There's like a shot where he's in the hallway and the Demogorgon's like in the foreground and he's in the background. And it's almost like sh- like a like a silhouette. Yeah. And he spins the bat in his hand and he's like, and then hits I'm him like right. And I'm like, yes, Steve. Like, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, just love, love Steve Harrington. She loves Steve, guys. I do. Yeah. One Steve thing, the Hair Harrington. <laughs> Steve the Hair Harrington. I love it. Yeah. So good. Um, I don't even know what else I got here. Okay. I do I have lots here. One thing I wrote, and I don't know if this was just like me being high and reading into things way too deeply. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I wanted to talk about how they did a really good job of if this was in any other movie or show, you would think that the relationship the boys have with Scott Clark, the A V teacher, mm-hmm. is creepy. Yeah. Like, because on paper, on paper, mm-hmm. it's extremely creepy. Yeah. And they even picked, like, a character where you're kind of like, oh, he fits that, like, cliche look. Mm-hmm. That very, very cliche look of, like, this guy's going to snatch your children kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But but they do it so that you end up, like, leaving the the scene being like, oh, he's not going to steal the kids. Oh, thank God. He's like, harmless. He's yeah. harmless. Yeah. But it's like when they, I don't know, when they, like, introduce it, you're kind of also, like, interesting because like if this was like a horror movie he would be presented as like a suspect yeah oh for sure so i that's like, like I what happened like, to will well ask mr clark ask mr clark that <laughs> fucking creeper over there hanging out with all the kids all the time giving them in the av club house closet yeah <laughs> like so good oh yeah he's a good character though Okay. He's great. Oh, oh no, I will get to that later. That's another thing about me just being like, I fucking love Dustin. I was honestly just thinking about that when um, you were talking about Mr. Clark and how Dustin Watt, like always calls him my lord. I I always forget about that. And I like forget to like process it's it. It's so weird. Like <laughs> it's so weird, but I love it. So good. So good. So one thing I did take note in episode one, because it's something that comes back in every season, but it's never directly talked about. And even in season four, it's only implied, but it's never talked about, is Will's sexuality. Oh, I feel like it's heavily implied in season it's, four, it's he- Yes, that's what I mean by it's, it's yeah. implied, but it's not actually outright, like, discussed. Yeah. So very right away, episode one, when Joyce is talking to Hopper, like, in his office. Yeah, I noticed this, too. They talked yeah. about Lonnie, Will's dad, and mm-hmm. all of the names he used to call Will when he was younger too like when he was like basically a fucking toddler yeah you know what names i'm saying like yeah other like derogatory things but it's just like it's just interesting that they like brought that up right off the bat and then carried on with this like subtle storyline of like questioning it almost Mm -hmm. which is just interesting that they were able to like carry it all four seasons and like have it play into his character without it actually being like a topic of discussion yes yeah Absolutely. Like, it's just, I feel like it's handled delicately, too, where it's just, like... Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I agree. And it comes, yeah, and it comes... It into, comes back. It comes into play in another character who we'll talk about in season three as well. Just, yes. Just sexuality in general. And I think, yeah, I think they do a good job of, like you said, yeah, not coming right out season one where it's just, like, yeah. one of these people is gay. Yeah. You know, where it's, like... It's just, like... There's a possibility we just don't know, and, like, yeah, th- it doesn't matter. And, like, again, I, I always appreciate a show or a movie that plants seeds for you to go back and rewatch later and be like, yeah. Oh, well, because that's the thing is, like, I never okay. noticed it in season one, but now that mm-hmm. I've finished all the way to season four, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I see why they might have planted that seed, mm-hmm. is to come back to it later. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's what's next for you? What do you got over there? Um, well, I feel like one of the heaviest themes, obviously, is like the Cold War tension, MK Ultra. Yes. Like we can get into eleven through this, but mm-hmm. like that's something that's carried like all the way throughout. It's yeah. just this it's the way the time that it's set in in the eighties is like just the height of the Cold War mm-hmm. and um the experimentation with like children with powers and all this stuff like all of that stuff like in one way or another went on like not in the way that they frame it in stranger things like where kids were abducted that had powers and like whatever i think stuff but i think the powers thing aside i think there were instances where kids were abducted and i I think that's what they were trying to highlight but i also would be surprised could just be like reading into like i don't know theories well i know that there were a ton of studies that were done like research studies that were done around this time with people who who were believed to have powers yeah like psychic abilities and whatever like there was a podcast that i listened to that yeah like they would have people in rooms and like try and like guess what the other person is drawing or like oh can you locate this person or whatever like they did those things it's just the the research i've heard about is more like adults who were recruited to these studies that apparently were maybe like more intuitive in that way or could possibly have these powers because they were like yes if we can find these people then we can use them as weapons like literally that's what they were going to do with them it's just the research didn't really pan out um you can imagine why but really explain (laughs) yeah um and so like that did happen and as far as yeah, I mean, as far as holding people prisoner and hostage, I mean, well, we know that happens all the time. It still happens today. Yeah. But Cold War, like, yeah, there was a lot of... And, and, and again, it gets heavier into it in, like, later seasons with, like, yes. Russia and all that stuff. But it's, um, yes, it's something that I think... It's an interesting work into a show like this because yeah. I think there's a lot of media that I've seen, like, movies and TV shows and stuff where it's sort of, like this is about MK Ultra, and it's very obvious, and then, like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Whereas this show is kind of... It's about that. But it's also but it's, not. it's also not. It's about everything else, too, that's happening. Yeah. It's about these kids' lives. It's about and them the- wanting to find their friend. It's about this young girl who's grown up in this lab that yeah. now is out in the... It's like the Truman Show. Yeah. Like, it's, she It's almost like making it a reality and trying to make it relatable, but it's also, like, so not relatable. Yeah, because, because it's, it's about, like, like, opening a gate to another dimension. But it's, like, it's <laughs> at the same time. It's just, like, yeah. I, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, it, so as far as, <laughs> as far as that goes, obviously, a lot of that is centered around Eleven. Yeah. As a character. Yes. So, what do you think about her character arc? Uh, I I don't know. I I feel like so. I this is what I was saying to Drew is like something when we both watched it very beginning when it first came out season one, we both like remembered not liking Eleven and that the show was heavily 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 circled around her. Mm-hmm. So when when I thought about rewatching everything, I was like, I kind of don't want to go through it again. Mm-hmm. Like I was like discouraged because Mm -hmm. I was just like I I didn't really it's not that I didn't care about her character or anything like that it was just like I'm in it for the guys because that's what I like identify with obviously so it's easier to like relate to that but then upon rewatching it she actually isn't in it that much in season one like she really isn't like she has bits and pieces where it's just like she's kind of there as like a backstory almost even though like the story is centered around her essentially yeah but like 
I, I, I like her character now that I've rewatched it through again. Okay. I, I didn't the first time. And matter of fact, I, I just, I don't want to say I hated it. I don't want to say that. No, but I just, it was like the one story where I was just like, I get that it needs to be there for the story to work. Otherwise it doesn't work without Elle. Of it course. really doesn't. Yeah. No, no, no. For sure it doesn't. But. Because she opened the gate. Exactly. So it so all that's ties why, like, back I, to like, I knew she had to be there, but like then when I watched it back, I was just like, she actually, like, it's not all about her. I just like, I no. had this memory of it just being like Elle's show and that's it. You know what and it is? I think for, I think for you and maybe for a lot of people is that I think Elle is sort of like portrayed as the most interesting character because she grew up in a lab and she has yes. psychic abilities. Whereas like when you actually watch it, she's not the most interesting no. character. Right? We're, we're like someone like Dustin. It's way more interesting. Way or someone more like interesting. Steve Harrington. Again, someone who has like... Yeah. Because when I even asked about her character arc, I don't think she has a ton of like arc in the sense of like change over time. Exactly. Especially in season one from start to finish, whereas a lot of the other characters yes. do. Hopper, Steve Harrington, exactly. Jonathan, like yes. all the kids, right? And so, a lot of her growth is completely reliant on those people. Yes. Because yeah, again, absolutely. she grew because up she, in a lab. She, she doesn't, doesn't really know. know anything. Her like vocabulary is limited. Everything is very structured and limited to just those like four walls. Yeah. And that's it. So I think that's maybe why there's like a disconnect between being able to like emote towards her. Yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. And that's probably like what I'm remembering is just being like, okay, like, yeah, I can't feel emotion for this like thing basically because yeah. like that's how they present her as this like lab rat where it's just like yeah you're almost, almost like supposed alien, to not almost. care about her at first yeah and then you do when yeah. she develops feelings and develops emotion and it's just like and i think you can relate to her a lot more in the later seasons absolutely she's, like actually in the real world i, I relate stuff, to right? her way more in season two and three and i have notes on that yeah like, and like season four like a lot i yes. feel like but um yes but i I agree. I mean, I not that I disliked her character at all in the first time I watched it. I really, I just really, really enjoyed her performance. She did a great job. It's one of those things where, like, after I watched it, I sat my dad down. And I was like, you got to watch the show because I knew my dad was going to love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And watching it through with my parents, I remember my dad just constantly at the end of every episode being like, she's so expressive and she has almost no, no lines. lines exactly and that's why i was just looking up because yeah. i was i was i planned to look it up before we started and i forgot she has 42 lines in season one yeah 42 and it's that might sound lot. like a not but it's not when you think about how fast someone like mike talks like he probably has hundreds yeah hundreds of lines he's right? probably i'd say probably 98 percent of the dialogue like, well i mean the first talk so much. the first season has eight episodes so that's like with 12 lines an episode like that's yeah. not and in the i mean in the first few she yeah. has almost no lines yeah um and then it kind of builds in the end but it's just it i find it's very impressive because i i have a lot of friends who hate child actors because they just think that they're bad right we've yes. talked about this before with Drew's one of those people. Stuff. he doesn't yeah. care for child actors and the yeah. thing is is because i don't think it's necessary that that children can't act of course they can it's that casting directors i think are lazy sometimes and they don't put they'll as much cute weight kid or they'll pick yeah. yeah or they don't put as much weight on like oh well it's a kid so they don't have to be the best actor but the adult lead we really need to be a good actor and it's sort of like but no, it's almost but, the other way around <laughs> like, yeah especially for a story like stranger things where yes. it's entirely waited upon these children yeah. being the main characters so especially for someone like 11 who all of it is through facial expression and like body language yeah. she does she kills kill it. it like she every time yes. i rewatch it i'm just like 
wow. Like her emotion she is, is an incredible. Actress. You know exactly Absolutely. what she's feeling in each moment without saying anything. Do. Yeah. And like I even made a note like in the first, I think it's the first episode when she's like in the when she escapes and then she's in the restaurant with the guy, Benny, who's like giving her food. Yeah. And like, she just looks genuinely terrified. Yeah. Like so scared. And so I feel like that is something that I really respect because it's sort of like, even though we can't relate to her situation, I feel like I can relate to her emotions in the moment. Yeah. Because she makes you feel them. Because it, and it makes her seem more human, which of course she is a human, but like you said, she is presented more as this like alien lab rat, like robotic thing. thing, Right. Yeah. And so that really brings out the humanity in her. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. One thing I just wanted to, like, point out is, like, they they really only show it when Mike and Elle are, like, private. He doesn't necessarily do it in front of all the guys, obviously, out of, like, fear of being bullied from his friends. <laughs> but, like, the actual level of 100% pure sensitivity that he shows to her I know. is, like... Fellas, take note on that. Like, if you watched that at all and you were like, mm, loser, for whatever reason, no, take notes because that is how you treat a woman. Like, He's he so is so sweet. considerate of, like, her and her well-being. And, like, it's just, it's just, and it carries on through all of the seasons. I know, and I love, I love Mike for that. Not only that he's, like, funny, but, like, he's so sensitive and, like, yeah. um, and uh, to be honest, I think because I hadn't rewatched them in a while and we just did it where obviously Finn Wolfhard is in both of them. And um, he's so charismatic and funny in it. And yeah. his character is much more like the jokester. Yes. That I feel like I associate that character with Mike in Stranger Things. But then he, when like, I rewatched it where I was yeah. like, no, he's actually like he's really kind like. He's a softie. He like, is. He's... Like I, Will is definitely presented as like the sensitive one. But Mike is definitely a close second as far as like. Yeah. Yeah, he is sensitive and he's not, he is funny here and there, but like, he's not like, Dustin's really the comedic humor, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so I always forget that because I think I blend the two characters together. Yes. But um, yeah, I think it was actually funny because I saw a video the other day. I thought of you and I was like, I'm going to wait to discuss it on for the episode. And Millie Bobby Brown was like at, I don't know what she was at, but she was like on a stage and she was holding a mic, but she was just like sitting on a couch and it must've been like some sort of fan thing or something. And they were asking her questions and stuff. And um, it was just a little clip. And it was like the caption of it said, Germany hates Mike. And so I guess she was in Germany. And she, anyway, she was like hearing someone say something to her or ask her questions and she was repeating it back. So she's like, wait, you guys don't, you guys don't like Mike? And the whole crowd was like, no. And then she was like, why? Like, she's like, I mean, that's okay. But like, can I ask why? And she, someone was shouting at her and she was like, oh, because he's a bad, he's a bad boyfriend. And then she was like, oh, okay. And then she's like, and then she's like, oh, wait. And then they repeat themselves. She's like, oh, because he's a bad friend. And they were like, yeah. And then, then she was sort of like, um, and it was funny because it's You know seemed, what? Yeah, he has moments. <laughs> it seemed like she was like, I don't want to get into an argument with an entire crowd that came here to see me. Fair. So she was like, well, <laughs> she just deflects it entirely. She's like, Finn, Finn is a great friend. She's like, I can say that like Finn is like the best friend. Yeah. So, you know, like just and remember you know that, whatever. And I was just like, what? I feel a like friend. You know Mike what? Feel- is like not the worst friend in that scenario. No, no. I mean, I guess, like, season three and four, they kind of play with that a bit about, like, 
he's ditching his friends for his girlfriend yes. and stuff. But like, that's also so normal. That's that is very normal. <laughs> I think of if course. anything, in, in season one, like Lucas is arguably like the worst friend because he kind of gives up at a point and is like, I don't want any fucking part of this. Yeah, like, I know. But like at the same time, it's also kind of like, well, yeah, I get it. I probably wouldn't want any part of this either if well, it's like getting out of my control. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they all kind of have their moments. But I'm like, I don't know if like the point of the show, I think, is the fact that they're all very good friends yeah. to each other. Yeah. You know, so anyways, it was just something I, I thought of to run up because yeah, she was so I like, saw that, so. uh, <laughs> like, what do I say? <laughs> uh, how do I disagree with an entire audience uh, of people? Like, <laughs> how do I do this? And she's not like, you get, don't like, like Mike? She's like, in America, they love Mike. <laughs> in America. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, well, sweetheart, you're not in America. Right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, there's like two points I wanted to talk about, like comedy wise. We know this, but maybe mm-hmm. other people like listening don't realize that like having kids do like comedic delivery is very difficult. Yes. It's extremely difficult. Yeah. Very rarely will you watch something with kids in it other than Stranger Things and genuinely have a good like belly laugh at something they say. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Yeah. Maybe they'll do something like they'll fall down and you'll be like, that's hilarious. But like actual comedic delivery is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Dustin fucking nails it. Two parts I want to talk about. The first one, it's just more so an action he does, but they're like getting ready to like fucking go out and like basically fight everything. Mm -hmm. And they're getting ready. And like Mike and Lucas are like being logical about like flashlights, this, like (laughs) going over the actual things that (laughs) that matter. (laughs) And then Dustin's just like, I have candy and snacks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I saw that and I was just like, well, this is me and Haley getting ready for fight. Absolutely. (laughs) Like this is you and me getting ready for any kind of battle. I'm like, I got cliff bars, I got M&Ms, I got Gatorade. Yeah, Reese's pieces in my pocket here. I've got like popcorn over here. (laughs) So that was hilarious. There's another part where I, I laughed so hard. I had to pause it so that I didn't miss like what else was about to happen. I kept laughing after I paused it because you, you know, when you pause Mm -hmm. something and it like, it automatically stops being funny, Mm -hmm. but I paused and I literally was like, Drew, get the fuck over here. You don't watch (laughs) this. And so I like went back. So they, they're, they've all just finished mourning Will's quote unquote death. Right? Mm-hmm. They they've mm-hmm. found the body, all mm-hmm. of that. And they have Elle with them in like the dress and everything, and they're running to like the A V room. I can't remember why they were going into the A V room. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh yes, I know exactly what part you're talking about. <laughs> so Mr. Clark stops them and then like so they turn around and then Dustin just like puffs up his chest and he's like, We're going in there to cry. Yeah. And he, yeah. just the way he says it, I was like, that is <laughs> fucking hilarious because you know he said that to make that teacher uncomfortable enough to leave. Yeah. And it was just like, they're it like was going in there so and he's fun. like, to cry. To like, cry. just the way he says like, it, like, to cry. <laughs> and it's just like, he knows, Dustin knows they're not going in there to cry. He's doing it just to get him to of leave. Course, and it's of so course. funny. Oh, and then another thing that, um, Mike does like consistently throughout the like entire season. It just gets me every time he does it because he like keeps one upping it. Mm-hmm. He'll be talking like this to you, mm-hmm. like normal. His mom will yell at him in a different room. Oh yeah. He'll turn around and be like, <laughs> Mom, and like full fucking fledged scream. Coming, Mom! Shut up! Yes. Like, <laughs> like there's one, like I literally have it here. He's like literally turned around. He's whispering to Elle. He's like, so you just gotta stay quiet. Like he's like so sweet. He's like, yeah. just stay quiet. And then she's like, You're gonna miss the bus or whatever. And he's just like, Shut up, I'm coming. Like, yeah, he just like I know. screams. And it's just like honestly yeah you don't you don't remember being a kid and literally being like mom 
shut the fuck up. Like, I know, and it's, it's the switch like, back and forth. Like, Luke switch. and I, I know exactly what part you're talking about because we fucking died at that part when it's I was watching so it. so funny. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, okay. So, and he's like, come back! Like, his face. <laughs> it's not even like the, the, the loudness of his it's, voice. It's his face it's when he like, says it. It looks like he's in distress. He's screaming so hard. <laughs> and it kills me every time. Like, to the point of, like, tears in my eyes. It's so funny. Yeah. Because oh, it's, it's just amazing. like, only a kid could deliver that. That's something only a kid could do. <laughs> Another person that I actually find really funny that when I made my dad watch it, he, like, died at is um, Nancy and Mike's dad. I can't remember his name Oh, my now, God. He's but, like, so Mr. Funny. Wheeler. Yeah. He's so funny. Like, the part when, when like, all the kids storm off upstairs and then, like, his wife just looks at him like, you did fucking nothing, whatever, and gets up and leaves. And he's just like, what'd I do? What'd I do? What'd I do? <laughs> yeah. And um, and there's, what'd like, I, I feel like his humor for me, too, comes in, like, in comments like that. But in the, to, you know, around the end of the season when they're looking for Elle... Yeah. And the, like, Hawkins lab people and whatever are, like, at the Wheeler's house and they're talking to them. And he's like, Nancy, like, we can trust them. This is our government. Like, I feel like he's supposed to represent that, like... American dad. Yeah, or even he's like, when we see... If we see her, like, yo, we're all patriots in this house. Like, well, of course we'll report her. Like, it's it's that, like, all-American dad, right? Where it's just like, we trust our government. Of course course I'm a patriot. Like, and it's... I pay my taxes. Yeah, and it's, (laughs) it's contrasted directly against... Like, the MK Ultra storyline about, like, when all of that came out, people were like, we can't trust our government. No. Like, that's fucked that you did this. Yeah, like, we they can't would, trust you. Like, MK Ultra projects, they would, like, uh, like, they would, like, drug people with LSD in their coffee, like, unknowingly, and then, like, lock them in a room and, like, hose them down and be like, we'll see what happens. Let's just see what Let's happens. just see what, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people, people died in the MK Ultra yes. experiments. Like, it's... People are like still suffering. Oh my god! Like impacts huge of it. trauma. Like, this from is like it. a thing. This could be a, a, an actual episode we could cover. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's, and there was a lot of stuff coming out in the seventies yes. and eighties and stuff. Like we have Watergate, we have everything, right? And it's like there's it's so much sudden, yeah. mistrust in the government that's being festered in America at that time. Yeah. And then you have a man like Mr. Wheeler who's like, oh, "Nancy, it's our government. Of course we can trust them." Yeah, and it's just it sounds so hilarious now yes. watching it in like 2022 where Being you're like, like, "No, you can't." <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course you're such a dope. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just yeah, I love that like playing off that theme with a character like him because he's not in it very much. No, but when he is, it's yeah, it's almost it's like a relief, very like funny. A, yeah, it's, it's like comedic relief about something that's very serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he kills me. Like there's, yeah, there's yeah, so funny. many moments. He is funny for sure. <laughs> oh man. What else do you got? What else do you got? Well, the last bits that I had was, I was saying to Becky before this, that I, I went through and made notes, but then I also just made a list of like all the things that I caught in the, in the seasons that they just like referenced. Yeah. Just like things like even products from the eighties or whatever, like, and then like movies and TV shows, or whatever. So like. And this is all from season one or for This is all, I divided it by seasons. So okay. this is all, some of these play, play through, like one of them is Dungeons and Dragons. Well, oh, like that's, that's obviously throughout all of them, right? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> so we'll just go through and then just, we yeah. can chat if we want to, or like, I don't know. Yeah. These are just the ones that I caught. So there might even be ones that, if you, if there's ones that I miss, let me know guys. Cause I'm sure there's like hundreds. There's probably so many, but yeah. yeah. So obviously Lord of the Rings is heavy. 
heavy. Heavy. And The Hobbit. Yeah. Which I love that, like, okay, so obviously when Hopper's <laughs> interviewing the kids in the principal's office when Will goes missing. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so it's Mirkwood. And he's like, blah, 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 and then they're talking and he's like, what the fuck is Mirkwood? And they're like, Mirkwood, it's a real road, but it's like, that's not the name. But they're like calling it Mirkwood, which is so funny to me that it's just like, you know, that's not the name of the street, right? Like, and know he's that. like, and yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what is that? So Lord of the Rings. And then Dustin's like, The Hobbit. And then and, like, he says it like him. eight times and he's like, The Hobbit. And then they're like, It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, <it's laughs> and so he's funny. like, But it does. <laughs> um, and even like things that I've noticed through like Luke's like hard nerding into the Lord of the Rings, yes. I wouldn't have known this without dating Luke. But when when Will is in his like castle buyers and they're yeah. doing the flashback where Joyce is like knocking and then he's like, Password. And she's like, <laughs> Password. <laughs> she's like, Rata, Rata, Rata Gas. And he's like, yeah, you may enter. And, like, that's the name of one of the wizards in The Lord of the Rings. Okay, like, see, I didn't know So that, it's yeah. like, I watched it, and I was like, oh, I know what that I is. I this. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's, like, all those things that, again, I'm, like, getting from rewatching yeah. that I'm noticing they're putting in there. And, um, obvious, and then there's another one that I noticed that I didn't really associate with The Lord of the Rings before, and I don't know, again, if this is me reading into it, but I can't remember. Have you seen The Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Okay. So here's my thing. Here's the thing. And Drew's going to listen to this while we're editing we always go to put it on okay we're always like we're gonna watch we're gonna have like a marathon i understand and like the thing is is we both love the lord of the rings Mm -hmm. but after you've seen them for the first time in the movie theater at least for both true and i when we go to rewatch it for me personally 10 minutes in i'm fucking sleeping deeper than i've ever slept before yeah, I understand. And I'm out. No, I get it. And he'll be like, you just slept through like seven hours of this yeah, movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I it's know. Fine. You have to put fine. it on at the right time. Maybe like nine in the morning. Like still uh, eight out. coffees in. I'm out. <laughs> but the thing, so I don't know if you'll, this will be fresh in your mind then because okay. I'm referencing something from the very end of The Lord of the Rings. Okay, let's at see. At the very, very end after like Frodo <laughs> brings the ring to Mordor and then yeah. whatever and him and Sam almost die. And then he wakes up in like, not like, I think they're back in Rivendell, but basically he wakes up in what looks like a very nice, clean white room, similar to like a hospital because okay, he's yes. been recovering. Okay. He wakes up, Gandalf is there, they chat, and then the other hobbits come in and they're all celebrating because it's like he's awake yeah. and they all jump on his bed and they're all laughing and they're telling him about like their adventures because they've all been on separate things. Yeah. And they're like motioning and they're like, yeah, and then I stabbed and whatever. And they're like, he's laughing and like, at the end of season one of Stranger Things, they do that because yeah. Will wakes up in the hospital and they all run in and they jump on his and bed tell, yeah. and they're all telling him, they're like, and then yeah. this or whatever. And he's like, what? Oh my God. And then they're like 11. And he's like, who's 11? And like, who's 11? And, and they do that. And to me, that felt very much like Lord of the Rings. And I feel like the Duffer brothers, obviously, I think it's a given that they're fans of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I gotta I think it would, that's one of those things where I could be reading into it, but I think it would be hard for them not to notice that connection. Yeah. It's a very natural uh, thing. I, I actually got that one. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's a very yes. natural thing for someone's friends to run in and be like, we're so glad you're okay. But I think just but the way they it feel like a parallel, for sure. It yeah. It feels very, yeah, like a direct parallel. Yeah. So that was something I noticed. Obviously, like I said, Dungeons and Dragons, like the Demogorgon, like all the upside down, everything, right? Um... I think, low, well, like I said, child abductions in the 70s and 80s um, yeah. and, like, families, specifically families of the victims of child abductions and families of the victims of serial killers. As far as, like, the trauma that Joyce and Jonathan are going through yeah, when Will is gone. I think that they're referencing just, like, not that they did this, but, like, again, we, we were getting used to the, at that time, seeing 
people on TV like pleading and like oh, we just want to see our our son or daughter brought home safe yeah. and like I think that that's a strong theme throughout MK Ultra which I already talked about. Yeah. Um oh, I love Oh, um I wrote down the line and now I'm trying to remember the scene. Oh, I think when they're talking about Eleven, like Lucas said, when they first find her and Lucas Mm -hmm. is like, she's probably a psycho. And then Dustin goes, like Michael Myers, which I love. (laughs) Yeah, because it's just Michael Myers. (laughs) Like, like Uh, yep, the same. Mm -hmm, I can see it for sure. It's just Eleven, Michael Myers, like for sure. Identical, can't even like tell them apart. Yep. (laughs) Um, Again, this could be totally reading into it, but like lazy boys i feel like nancy's dad's always in his lazy boy honestly yeah because that's something i noticed where i was just like yes that was my Mm -hmm. like young young childhood growing up it was like it wasn't so much my dad my mom had the lazy boy that was her spot and it was kind of like my dad had it sometimes but it was also like a thing where it was just like you can sit in it but the second I'm entering this room, like, your ass better be out of that chair because that's my fucking chair. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, mm-hmm. like, and it's such a prominent <laughs> piece of furniture in the house. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have, like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And I think in relation to not even just the lazy boy, but, like, yes, obviously, Mr. Wheeler, like, that is his spot. Yeah. And I think that in this time, he also was, like, the very stereotypical, like, I am the breadwinner of the the family, I'm the dad, I am the man. Yeah. And I think that with the dichotomy between him and, and now, like, Karen, Karen Wheeler, like, his wife, I think their sort of marital tension or, like, even just dissatisfaction really feels like the breakdown of the nuclear family mm-hmm. to me. And, like, Nancy even talks about that, they, where she's like, my mom was young and she married my dad because he had a cushy job and they got they bought a house at the end of the cul-de-sac and yeah. started their nuclear family. Like, she literally says that. Um, yeah. And I think that that's... Because, like, Joyce is single. Um, you really only see Dustin's mom yeah. ever, so I don't think his dad is I think around. I actually wrote that in either my season two or season three. One where Dustin's, like, home life is shown a little bit more. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, I think it's, I think season, it's two. season two. Um, a little bit was more. Like, they, they actually, like, I don't even think they talk about his dad at all. No, like, at all. I think it's just assumed that he's maybe not around. Yeah. Um. Same with, like, we've, we see Will and Jonathan's dad, but he's not around. Yeah. And then you see Lucas's family and his sister and his parents, and they seem relatively happy. So Nancy and Mike's parents are the only ones that are, like, together, but not but maybe really not the happy. Well, we see like, that more, content. especially in season two. Two, exactly. Yes. And that that's what I mean. That's I think that <laughs> nuclear family breakdown is stretched a bit more throughout. Yes. I think that theme is definitely played. But but uh, Mr. Wheeler represents to me like that sort of like patriarch of the family yeah. and whatever. And it's just like, this is the way it is. So yeah. like, we're what just going to get on the, with life, What the right? dad says goes. Yeah. But yeah. he's also like the weakest character in a way really you know is. which yeah, is like so funny because evil person karen to me seems so much more like a stronger personality she really does right? and, and that gets shown later that does yes oh for we'll sure we'll get back yeah. to her <laughs> um egos of Obviously. course fucking amazing i feel like that's when they like came out really i know and i haven't even looked up any of these because like Okay, so for example, like there's another product placement like with Coca-Cola. Yes. That's kind of like throughout too. But I, like Coca-Cola obviously wasn't invented in the 80s. It's been around a long time. But like I kept thinking to myself, I was like, but was but it, it was still, was it at its height in the 80s? Like they're using Coca-Cola a lot and I feel like it's not 
an accident. And when they said that about Eggos, I was like, was Eggos an 80s thing? I I can't, I I don't know. Here's my, this is just a a me thought. I I didn't look into this at all. But what I took from the Eggos and the Coke thing is this was very much the beginning wave of product placement in movies and shows was that time period where when you go back and watch a movie that is directly from that time period that Mm -hmm. they're trying to emulate here in this show you will see somebody pick up a beverage and they'll go and turn to the side so that you can see the label and it's like yeah it takes you out of the show you're so right that's exactly and what I they're think doing. that's what they're that's trying exactly to do is it. giving a nod to that time yeah. period of like this is when you guys started like brainwashing us to buy products yeah it's like yeah it's like that bit of like nostalgia remember this time but remember also this? like think about why we started why did yeah. you start eating egos more all yeah. the time. Maybe because you were seeing it in commercials and TV shows and movies all the time. All the time. Like, you're yeah. so right. And Maybe even because like, the main character turns and drinks the pop. Or like, yeah. you know. So I'm even thinking about like Back to the Future. I think it was Back yeah. to the Future 2 where he goes like in. No, no, no. Which one is it? Where he goes into the future. Or he, no, he goes into the past <laughs> in the first one. I know it's so Oh, is it when confusing. he goes back to the future? <laughs> And that, I just, I just watched the, we're going to get into that because I just watched the episode in season three of Stranger Things where they watch Back to the Future so in good. the movie theater. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. But he's like, okay, I think it's in the first one where he's like, can I have, yeah, because it starts, he's in the 80s and he goes back to like the 50s. Yeah. And he's like, can I have a Pepsi free? Which yes. means like uh, zero, no, zero sugar calories. or whatever, the zero calories. Yeah. Um, but they're like, what do you mean? It's not free. Like, yeah, and it's, it's one of those jokes, yeah. right? And I feel like that's another thing where it's like, Back to the Future is an 80s movie. There was a ton of product placement in it. Like, yes. They, he's even referenced the Calvin Klein underwear. Like, yes. there's so much product placement in it. And you're right. I think that's totally what they're. I think that that's that was just my take on it. Was Absolutely. like, this is just a nod to that time period of like, yeah. this is when, you know, I don't know. They were allowed to start showing us these things and brainwashing us to buy certain products. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it worked. It worked. The other one I love, like product placement or not, um, walkie-talkies. Yeah. Just one of those things. Because, like, walkie-talkies had been around a long time for, like, the military. But I think it was probably, like, around... If I were to guess, like, 70s-ish, where, like, maybe more people were just getting them. And they don't even make it seem like getting them to play. Yeah, it doesn't even... They don't even make it seem like a normal thing in Stranger Things. It's more like a nerdy thing where it's, like, these guys have walkie-talkies and they talk to each other with them. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Which really um, solves the whole problem of, like, they don't have cell phones, right? Yeah. Where it's, like, they use that a lot in Stranger Things where they're in different scenarios or they're carrying different storylines and they can connect it by someone talking over a walkie-talkie. It's not perfect. Like, they can't always get a signal or it's cutting out or whatever, but, like, they they get around that yeah. in, in a way where, like, yeah, that's the way they communicate. So it's kind of like, thank God these kids are nerds and they have walkie-talkies because otherwise <laughs> you wouldn't be able know, to I communicate. So and then coughed and choked <laughs> on my own spit. Um, but yes. <laughs> another one that I loved was just, and some of these are just in dialogue, but I think it's Dustin that asks what, when they meet Eleven or whatever, and he says, do you think she was born with her powers like X-Men or acquired them like Green Lantern? <laughs> I just like he's just so good. And it made it made me think about uh like I can't remember if they explicitly tell you. I know that like Eleven they talk about how she was like taken from her mom or whatever. But they make it seem they say that like her mom had a baby and then they told her it was a miscarriage and then they stole her. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember. Do they ever tell you how they like 
know these kids have powers? Or do they just take kids and they try and, like, train them to have I think, powers? I think the intention is to train them to have powers. Okay. But I think the reason why Eleven goes on to be so special is because they probably, what they imply, at least what I take away from the show, is that they didn't have to train her as hard as the other kids. Mm-hmm. And that she was able to just, like, kind of pick it up a little bit easier than everybody else. Almost making, what's his name, Brenner, Papa, mm-hmm. believe that, like, she might have been born with said powers. Yeah, like, I couldn't remember. When he said that, I was like, wait, was she born with them? Or was... I, I don't know if they ever I don't directly think, uh, Yeah, I don't think they actually that. do ever actually clarify. I think yeah. it's implied that she is taught her powers, but... That she kind of just has, like, that extra little inkling. Mm-hmm. Because we'll go on to see in season four, like, yeah, is it season four? Yeah, when she loses her powers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole point is, well, I, you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get there. Because it's oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another one, obviously, is Star Wars. I love because when, oh, what is it? They're talking to the boys, like, Dustin and Lucas and Mike are talking to... Nancy I think it is and they're trying to they're wondering if she's with like the people from Hawkins lab because she's like come here and Dustin goes it could be a trick like Lando Calrissian which is like yeah. a character from Star yeah. Wars um and and I can't remember yeah I can't remember the exact context but like yeah that's just another thing I noticed <laughs> um John Carpenter's The Thing is a trope like throughout all of the seasons and I very much felt it as far as like it is, like I said, a creature feature for sure with, like, the Demogorgon and, like, yes. the whatever. And they they mix, like, even when you look at be- behind the scenes, they mix, like, practical effects with CGI, yes. which was, like, very much, like, the thing was very practical. Um, and what in – which episode is it? It's – I think it's episode seven when Dustin calls Mr. Clark – and he's asking him how you would build, like, a sensory deprivation tank or whatever yes. like that. And when Mr. Clark is sitting there with that girl, they're watching the thing. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, because I saw oh. it and I was like, what movie? What I is think that? that? And then I Googled it and it's like, they're watching the thing. And I'm like, of course they are, because no- everything is on purpose in this yes. show. Like, yes. <laughs> Sorry to your ears it? for Sorry. Haley clapping and getting too excited. <laughs> I love it! It's, it's so true, though. Like, everything yeah. is thought of. Everything. And then the last thing that I had is, like, references, which, again, I could be reading into this or this could have been on purpose, is when Karen comes over to, like, bring Joyce to casserole and she brings Holly, her little girl. Yes. Um, And Joyce has made the whole, like, uh, like everything strung up with Christmas lights and whatever yeah. in the hallway and everything, which, I, now that I mention it, it's sort of like a Ouija board. Yeah. That she kind oh, of sets yes. up, right? Which is very, like, occult kind of, yes. uh, right? But um, when Holly's walking down the hallway and she ends up going into Will's room, um, there's a shot, like, kind of, it starts from behind her and she's walking and, like, looking up. It really, really struck, like, it really sent signals from, like, The Shining, I felt like, as far as, like, the shots. The angle, yeah. The like angle that. from behind the kid, and I can't remember his name because I haven't seen The Shining in forever. Oh, shit, yeah. But there I was, like, those shots from The Shining are really, really famous because they used a steady cam, which was, like, very new at yeah. the time. Um, 
and they hooked up the steady cam to the kid's tricycle and he's riding it around the hotel. Yeah. Those shots. And it's, again, it's shot from a kid's perspective. Yeah, like and that's what I mean. It's down low, whatever. And so, anyways, when she was walking down the hallway, I was, like, kind of sitting there and I was like, oh, I feel I like that feels reminiscent yes. of The Shining a little bit. But it yeah. could have just been a... No, I, I think I, I think know. you were a little spot on with that one. I agree. I agree. Those are all the things I noticed. That's all. That's all your notes and everything? Yeah. Okay, then I just want to talk about the cliffhanger that they successfully pull off without making you think that there's a huge cliffhanger. Okay. So they they do show Dr. Brenner slash Papa mm-hmm. getting got by the Demigorgon. Yeah, yeah, they oh do. yeah, just like taken right down. And But you forget about it. I know. You forget about when it. When I watched it, again, I was like, oh yeah. So he gets got. They, they literally show him basically die. Mm-hmm. Like he looks... He looks dead as fuck. Like well, he de- he attacks him like right on his face. He's like dead. he like jumps on his head. Yeah. Like he's dead. <laughs> what what they also don't really do is like they have like a a homecoming for Will, but they don't really explain to the town. <laughs> they don't really in season 1 at least. Oh, not in season 1. No. But that's what I mean by a cliffhanger they pulled off without really making you think there was a massive cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Is that they don't actually explain to the town in season 1 like how Will was able to just kind of come back to life. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone was just kind of, like, cool about it. And they yeah. also don't really explain the fake body. Do you know what I mean? No. So, But that's no. what I mean by, like, they left it at, like, there are these unanswered questions, but also, yeah. like, they are kind of answered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't you don't leave it being like, oh, my God, it's such a fucking cliffhanger. I can't wait for the next season. It's kind of like, there's these questions that I need answers to, but were they answered or not? Like, you just, like, mm-hmm. you're kind of left with your own questions about it. Not necessarily, like, questions that they're like, this is a cliffhanger and you're going to think about this until season two. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like... Because, yeah, because the ending of it is, like, is wrapped up in, I would say, a pretty clear resolution in a way. Like, yeah. you said, there are lo- loads of questions like that, but as far as, like, the storyline from Will, he's home and then as far as Eleven storyline, like, they leave it where Hopper's putting Eggos in a box in the forest. And you're like, oh, she is alive. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, like, they tie that yeah. line up. But then they leave you, really, the main cliffhanger is that Luke, or, why do I keep calling him Luke? I don't know. What, I don't know. Weird. I, I um, wish I could tell you. I think it's also because he has a friend named Lucas as well, too. And I'm just, yeah. Like, but motion Is it? that yeah. Will um, at the end... Of the last episode where he's looking in the mirror and then he pukes up that little mini Demogorgon or whatever. That's really, like, I guess the main cliffhanger. Because I feel like it's implied before that that it's supposed to be, like, Eleven is gone and, like... But is she coming back? Because we're like, she can't be gone, right? And then they tie that up for you because they tell you exactly, like, no, 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 she's out there still. But the thing I took about leaving the Egos in the forest, I took it as... Hopper doesn't exactly know for sure in that moment if she's alive or not. I think my brain took it as he's just doing that on good faith. Well, yeah. And I think I kind of interpreted it that way as, like, that it could have been presented that way when I watched the first season. Now, obviously, we know she's alive. So, like, but you're right. I don't know if they actually fully explain that as far as, like, does he know or is he just Or if it was just, just he's just hoping. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. For sure. That's how I took it as, like. He doesn't know for sure. I think he's just doing it to, like, see. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody can take it differently. Yeah, yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, no, you're right. I think they they tie up everything enough, but then obviously leaving it open because at this point, I mean, this was the first season. I think they were hoping for multiple seasons, but yeah. before you put a show out, you never know how well it's going to do. Yeah. So And you also don't want to put your show out and have like 800 loose ends and then everybody's pissed off with the show because it just like doesn't wrap up at all nicely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a good job of like leaving those questions open as well as wrapping up certain things. Like it was just like that perfect closure where it was like i have some answers but i also know there's going to be more answers to come more now. yeah yeah and more questions and more and just more questions yeah they just keep on coming <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah i think that's all i got oh last one too 80s oh. reference is when at the very end when luke's this just jogged into my head when luke oh what is wrong with me that's so weird. I don't know. I have to go upstairs and ask him, like, why am I associating you with Will? Yeah, what's First wrong, man? <laughs> um, when Will's, like, shaking all of his Christmas presents under the tree, and then he comes back to the table, and he's like, it's an Atari. And then Joyce is like, and she plays dumb, like, she didn't buy it for him, and she's like, an a whaty? An a whaty? He's like, it's an Atari, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's very much of the times. Very, very. Very much. <laughs> oh, my God. So true. So uh, true. Yeah. Buddy. All right, Are we, we're wrapping it. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it. Let's do it. Let's wrap it. Okay, so sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime and also Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At www.patreon.com/slash How to Not Get Killed. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, like about Stranger Things, then you can send us an email to How to Not Get Killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at How to Not Get Killed. And you can follow us on Twitter, H2NGK, at H2NGK. I forgot that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> well, there you go. That's okay. Maybe nobody else did, and no, I drew it No one's listening it. anymore, anyways. Like, at H2NGK. You're yeah, right, they've turned us off at yeah. this point. You better be listening. We Sometimes we give out like gift cards and stuff at the end, guys. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Not this time. Oh, and also don't forget to check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Do, Do that. And we thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep it sleazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do bye. it. Yeah, just do it. Seriously, do it. Just fucking do it, man. All right. Peace out, guys. Okay, bye. <laughs>